this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase it all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. This is our first story episode of season two. I don't know about you, but I'm still celebrating the fact that we've been doing this for a year. Absolutely. Also, by the way, I might be the only one, but when you said, I don't know about you, it made me think of T-Swift. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling season two. Ooh. You know what? I think that I, I think we got a deal there. So today we're sharing some stories without a common topic. Which is very athletic training because every day is just random. Just random things happen. This is maybe our most athletic training-esque episode yet. I think that, yeah. I think that's valid. That's a valid argument. But first we got to start. I heard you said we had a new review. Yes, we do have a review. And I have not read this yet, so I'm really, really excited to hear it. So this review is by Kate Ballard. The title is Never Stop. We're going to try not to. Don't worry. (laughs) And Kate says, needless to say, I was obsessed after episode one. Caught up with only starting three weeks ago. Uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, this is why. Thank you. 75 minute one way commute and mindless summer office tasks. Uh, I basically talk to you guys in my car slash office agreeing and having aha moments. (laughs) Also, props to Randy. I finally know how to articulate to others how much I love my job that I go to play. So who cares about the long commute? You got a lifetime listener right here. Cannot wait for more. That was so sweet. I know. I like that one. so genuine. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Wow. Don't mind me as I'm looking around mindlessly to put the phone somewhere. That's what those noises were. <laughs> yes. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, Kate, we're talking back to you, too. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I remember my... I ha- I used to have commutes like that. Actually, we both used to have commutes like that. Your commute was worse than mine. I, I-, I sat around 40 to an hour. Really? I thought you were sitting in an hour, at least. It depends on the traffic. In the mornings, it was easier than the afternoons. My commute two years ago was minimum one hour, but most of the time two hours. Yeah, I was going to say, depending, well, it also depended on what job you were working. Yeah, I don't like the multiple job. <laughs> I, I, no, when, let's well, let's not do that. When you have to ask, where are you working today? Yeah, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> so let's get to sharing some other people's stories. So this first one I've actually kept for literally the longest time. Like I'm... I might have kept this from the beginning. This might have been one of our OG stories. Ooh, nice. What a way to start off season two. And it's anonymous. And it's about a non-injury. She said, this was my craziest non-injury ever. I was working a two-day cycling fundraiser. I was driving the course and was flagged down by some of the riders for a cyclist laying on the ground. He had decorticate posturing, so I thought he broke his neck falling off his bike. Well, that's really scary. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Nope. He's a police officer who injured his neck while responding to a bank robbery and randomly gets decorated posturing ever since. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Can you imagine living with that? Yeah. Like, my question is like, oh, yeah, it does say randomly. Oh, that's rough. Randomly. Also, like, while riding a bike. Yeah, that that can't be safe. No, not at all. I wonder if he can still still be a police officer yeah seriously like, does that affect his interesting work? anyway after some rest the posturing resolved i could straighten his arms and they would slowly return to a flexed position weird oh yes very weird yeah um i was actually just talking i know i've shared the story before but i was talking to someone today about how i was working that race and the one of the coaches came up to me. It was a cross country race. And oh, yes, that's right. The coach came up and was like, "By the way, we have a girl who has a seizure after every race. It happens, and we give her her recovery drink. She's going to come to you. She's wearing this, and then, and then she'll recover and she'll be done." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all he can do is okay. <laughs> She's talking to her doctor, and they they cleared her to play, and that's all you need to know. And I'm like, "All right, all right, there we go. That's all. That's it." Yeah, I mean, that's true. As long as you have a plan in place and know what's happening and there's 
someone already overseeing the care, it's, I mean, that's basically all you can do. Yeah. But crazy to think what some people's normal is. Oh, definitely. To, to have to game plan for that, that like, that's going to be my normal now. Yeah. I mean, even I, I have a really, really minor chronic disease, but I've had to change my life a lot around it, but it's, I mean, it would, it's definitely become my normal. Yeah, definitely. Like scheduling and routine. Oh, 100%. And food. Oh, Changing definitely my food. food. Diet has definitely been the most affected from that. Oh, yeah. So, you want to read the next one? Yes, this is from my guy, Scott. So, this is actually from our episode um, when we did First Time Certified. Yes, I remember that. And I couldn't fit it in the episode. But we also always take stories from Scott, so I didn't feel too bad. I was like, I know, I'll, I'll keep it, I'll keep it. And yes. this is the perfect, perfect uh, place to put it. So, uh, if you don't know, Scott's uh, Mr. Olympian. If uh, if anyone saw our uh, Instagram post, he d- was a part of the 2020 Olympics. Well, well, 20. Well, no, it was still described 2020 Olympics, but 2020 and 2021. So Scott says the first fall season after I graduated, I was working women's soccer. I was given a nice pair of super pros by the head AT when I started. That is a nice gift. I was making a donut pad and had the bright idea to open the Super Pros and stab, slowly, not aggressively, (laughs) the pointy half through the pad to start the hole, rather than folding it and snipping the initial hole. Don't you love AT Arts and Crafts? Oh, yes. Well, I pushed the scissors through and sliced my index finger at the DIP joint. Brand (laughs) new Super Pros. And paused for a second. Looked at it, and it was... White flesh slash fascia. Oh. oh, nice. Then about one second later, blood rushed through and started dripping. So I grabbed my finger and said, I'll be right back. <laughs> Walked to the bathroom at the soccer field and ran my finger underwater, shaking my head. I mean, <laughs> shaking your head is all you can do at that point. I feel that. He continues to say, thankfully, I had my fanny pack on uh, with first team, aid stuff. Team no, fanny. no, don't don't do this, because if you had a sling kit, you could do the same thing. Team fanny. It, whatever. I'm not. We all know who won that debate. Stupid decision number two. Didn't use non-adherent, just used loose gauze and then wrapped it with power flex and went back to practice. I've done that on myself. Once the day was done, I went to take it off. And it was stuck to my finger. So I reopened the wound and had to clean it again. I told my boss because I wanted help stereo-stripping and was so embarrassed. <laughs> there is nothing more <laughs> more irritating than getting a cut as an athletic trainer in general, but especially when you're taping. Okay. Remember when I had like my finger got super inflamed and I had all that skin yes. rash thing on my finger? Yes. And I basically covered it with PowerFlex. I went an entire football season and I taped without like noticing it. I just got used to it. Yeah. But you really don't like taping with a bandaid on. No, I hate it. I, I You can't feel the tape very well anymore. It just gets in the way. It, it literally affects the flow. I hate taping with a bandaid on my finger. So when I get like a cut or something around my hand, it just sucks. Yeah, because you got to cover it. Yeah, you got to cover it. You're not allowed. You're not. Uh, but I well, do. No, you no. That's it. That's true. <laughs> you are not allowed to come home with a bloodborne pathogen. <laughs> yes. No, that's bad. <laughs> well, and also you can't like not cover it and then just expose your blood to everybody else. Yeah. No, don't give anyone else a bloodborne, bloodborne pathogen. pathogen. <laughs> See, that goes back to the uh, the basics of universal precautions. And it's funny. One of the athletic trainers, um, you know, that I know used to say. Because, like, athletes always give you a hard time about when you put gloves. I mean, they used to, and they'd be like, oh, I don't have anything or anything like that. I've never, ever had an athlete say anything like that. I haven't had it in a while, but I have had an athlete be like, oh, what, are you scared I have something or something like that? And then your athletes are sensitive. Not wrong. And his ultimate comeback was pretty good. He would tell them, "Uh, no, but you don't know what I have. (laughs) 
So, and so, so basically I mean, the response is to throw yourself under the bus. <laughs> so, I mean, it's true. Universal precautions are not just for us. Technically, it's for the patient as well. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I get around masks. For some reason, I thought you were going to say that's how I get around math. No. I say, I protect you, you protect me. That's right. And then they wear their mask. Exactly. At least when they're around me. I can't say what happens when they turn the corner and I can't see them anymore. You but know you know what? what? Then they're not in my six feet, so. If anything, they went through the motions for us. I guess that's it's better than not doing it at all. Absolutely. Have you ever cut yourself at work? Not like that. <laughs> I've definitely I've definitely done like tape cuts or like Oh ouch. Yeah, or like the cardboard from the tape roll. I've gotten that cut before. But I do have this nice thick pad. Oh, hit the microphone. I have this thick callus on my finger now because of that my taping. From taping? Oh yeah. You're it's, my, ki- it's, my, it's my taping callus. Are you serious? I I'm yeah. Why would I be kidding about How do you this? have a- where? Well, I got. Well, I know, I know where, but yeah. for, like, from what? Like tearing, and like if I had to switch hands, go to another side. Yeah. You guys, Randy's got this giant callus on his on his first finger on his left. Please, yeah. I would like to know if anyone else has a taped callus. So, I, someone's got to have a taped callus. I can't be the only one. I know someone has taped calluses. I don't have taped calluses. I I do. And I have a kind of little one on this side. On my index is my index's fingers. Hmm. What about? <laughs> I like how that's the response. Hmm. What about steri strips? Have you ever needed steri strips? Me? Yeah. No. Hmm. I don't think I have either. Except one time I split my pinky toe, the bottom of it, uh-huh. and I self steri stripped it in high school. I was nice. doing I was again pre AT Sandra. I was doing a pirouette on floor with I was just barefoot, and my pinky toe stuck, and the rest of my foot didn't. And the skin uh, kept moving for you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> the skin was the limiting factor in that. Yeah, that was the weak link right there. <laughs> and it just like tore the bottom of my pinky. That sounds brutal. That sounds brutal to have an injury there. Oh, well, it did. It didn't really hurt that. Like it hurt. But the thing that sucked is it, it really took a long time to heal because every single time, well, I kept dancing barefoot because of course I did. Of course. And um, every time I would walk, it would like open. Yeah. It's that's, yeah, that's such a terrible area to get any injury. Yeah, really. Especially because dancers spend so much time on what's called releve or like their heels up yeah. in a... um plantar flex position yeah okay next story so this one's by rachel l and we're talking about something all ats know about the long work day man this episode was a hit it was a hit because i everyone can relate to this everyone has that story (laughs) sadly but everyone has that story that's how athletics works So Rachel L. says, during my time with Army ROTC, I traveled in a team van about four hours to Fort Leonard Wood. I had about 30 to 40 cadets competing in a two-day event. We left on Friday at 0500. Competition started at 12 that day and was scheduled to conclude at 2300 Friday night. Oh my gosh. With a nighttime land navigation course. So just as the night was supposed to be concluding, one of my athletes fell down a small cliff and wedged his foot under a log. Literally between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, not wrong. One mile out in the deep woods. They call it Fort Lost in the Woods there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's pretty good. With the help from a battle buddy, he was able to get back to the staging area where I was located. I evaluated him using my headlamp for light source hoping for a not-so-bad ankle sprain, but turned out to be fracture slash Liz Franck. Nearly midnight now, we had to pack him up and take him to the base ER because, stupidly, I hadn't packed crutches and we still had another day where he had to be mobile. Okay, so I need to interrupt the story because it came to my attention that one of my coworkers does not bring crutches to games, and I need to know. Do you bring crutches to games? Yes. She says it's bad luck. 
No, my no, my no. I got to be prepared. And that's what I said. I was like, I feel like if I don't bring crutches to a game, I seem unprepared. Yeah. And she's like, it's something that you could go grab. And plus, how do you know if you're gonna need long ones or or short ones because you can go grab either one when you need it. I uh, bring them both. And that's that's what I said. And she's like, oh, you're just an overachiever. But I mean, technically, like really, it's really close for her to just go grab them. Yes. But also, like in that case, too, like I'm in a place where I don't have that luxury. I well, have I to... guess I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have asked you here now because. Yeah. But even then, I, no, even at a place where, yeah, I can just go get them. Like I can't like. I don't know. I feel like that's a waste for me to leave the field to go get them or have someone yeah, but like, leave the field. A, like after the game. Yeah, I could I could see it. But yeah, I'd rather have them there. Be prepared, especially because after the game, you kind of want to just go home. And mm-hmm. if they're already fitted for crutches, you don't have to do it later or send a student. Yeah, I'd rather have the student do other things and go fetch crutches. I'd rather just be ready and have them. Yeah, but if you have the student go get the crutches and, and it's right there, then you can have them fit the crutches too. And technically, you're still covering the game. Or I can have the student fit the crutches there. No, no, I'm just making an argument for the other side. No, I see it. I know. I'm just I'm saying. Not, I'm not that side. I know. I'm just saying this is why I don't want to. I mean, true. Yeah. So anyway, you could look at it that stupidly you didn't pack crutches or... You could look at it that you didn't because apparently it's bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel L. goes on to say, so off we go. It was a nightmare. I won't even get into everything that happened wrong there. But in short, he was misdiagnosed with an ankle sprain. Had to take him to my team physician later who confirmed fracture slash Liz Frank after advanced imaging. But we did get crutches. So soldier on. By the time we get to the barracks, it's nearly 4 a.m., and wake up is at 5 a.m., so I just got ready for the next day. I washed my face, brushed my teeth, and changed my clothes, then got back in the van for a 30-minute nap, and then things got rolling again, i.e. start seeing cadets for pre-activity taping slash treatment. Fast forward day two, Saturday, concluded at 1,700 hours, 12 hours, and multiple injuries later, ending with a shoulder dislocation on the confidence course. Needless to say, I passed out with no shame on the four-hour ride back, nearly 40 hours pretty much straight. Nuts. That's wild. Seriously. Um, I was walking into work the other day, and someone's like, hey, do you know how to reduce a shoulder? And I'm like, yeah. Just what you want to hear. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I think, so this is actually really interesting because if I, now, honestly, I don't remember every single story that we've told because you guys don't know this, but before the episode, we were going through some of the um, audio stories that we have not used. And I was like, did we use this already? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I feel like we haven't really told any military stories, like military athletic trainers. Not a lot. I feel like we've had to have had one or two. Yeah, but I don't think so. Like, it doesn't sound familiar. I don't know. I'd have to look back. So That's a good question. I would love to do an episode on that, but I wanted to make sure that, and I was just talking to someone, we want to do an industrial stories episode and performing arts, but we wanted to do all those like emerging settings. We wanted to wait until like this year or like later because we wanted to make sure we had enough of an audience to get those emerging settings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I'm sure I could get my performing arts crew to get... Oh, definitely. ...enough of those, but... And I think we could probably swing industrial, but I don't know how many military ATs we have. Yeah, I'm not sure. In our in our little corner. Yeah, the AT corner. <laughs> so, speaking of forgetting things... For some reason, this tends to happen for sure to athletic training students, and it's forgetting tape for away games. Oh, my goodness. Tape would be like the least of my worries. When I was a second year student, I apparently covered a packing list, which this still boggles my mind. I still think that I'm right. (laughs) Um, If I were the student's 
the non-athletic training students who are packing the van. What and we normally have a packing list. Yes. That you check off with yes. a pen and a highlighter, and it just suddenly and it's on the bull. It's the only thing on the bulletin board. Yes. And one day, you just show up to work. And you don't immediately see this. You see something else on the bulletin board. Okay. Wouldn't you ask someone? Not, now, mind you, there are like, I want to say three or four non-athletic training students who are packing this van. Yeah. Basically, what happened was I needed a piece of paper. So, um, I wrote something down for we were working football and I used a piece of paper and I needed to put it up on the bulletin board, but we only had one push pin that was used for the packing list. So I put it, I used the same push pin as the packing list. Yeah. And so the packing list was covered by the paper that I was using. Yeah. That we also needed. Yes. And that was the excuse for why the non-athletic training students did not pack our emergency equipment. Oh, no. And so then it came on me, apparently, because I covered their packing list. But but come on. Oh no. Why would you sudden why would you not ask anyone? Hey, look. I'm with you, man. We forgot flex wrap when <laughs> we were in charge of packing for an away game. And Honestly, I would gladly forget that because uh, that's a waste of plastic. Oh, hundred percent. But it gets thrown on us because we oversaw it, even though we weren't necessarily the ones in charge of packing that particular item. Although, as... So, I get that. Technically, as a leader, everything falls upon the leader, right? It's true. And that's why I still wear it. I'm just saying, I've, I feel your story. I feel your pain. Yeah. I mean, emergency equipment is like, you can't forget that, especially for a football game. However, we were able to talk to the other ATs and make up an emergency plan that we could use their emergency equipment. It was just an inconvenience. Yeah, I feel that. Definitely. So we have this audio story from Zach about forgetting tape at an away game that wasn't exactly the most local of away games. Yeah, speaking of commutes. Yeah, this this is an insane story. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. So in our district, we play a lot of people, and one of them is actually CMS, so in Claremont. So Redlands to Claremont, I don't know, roughly half hour-ish, 40 minutes, more or less. So I was a lead, right? I was a lead student, so our preceptors did a really good job of kind of you know, let us be a peacock and fly, right? So uh, we had to pack the bags. We had to put them in the van the night before. And um, we had to make sure that, you know, everything that we needed for the game was going to be good to go. So Claremont is relatively close to home. So I was like, well, you know what? I'll just drive myself. And then after the game is done, um, I'll check with the first years, make sure they're good. But then I'm just going to go home and spend, you know, some time with my mom, see my dad. It'll be cool. Um, So anyway... We uh, get to Claremont and we start, um, you know, the players show up on the bus and we start getting going and we, we get everything out of the van and um, Nick, uh, who was the precept, Nick Harvey was the preceptor. He started uh, doing some taping and he was like, oh, like, where's the tape bag? And uh, I'm like, where? Brush, who was a student, I was like. Where's the tape bag? And oh, he's no. like, I, I thought, I thought you knew where it was. And I was like, Shh, please be in the van. So I was like, Nick, can I get the keys real quick? And he's like, uh, yeah, where's the tape bag? I was like, I think it's in the van. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh crap. So I walk all the way to the van, open it up. It is empty. There is nothing left. We literally took everything out. And oh, all no. I'm thinking is shit. The tape bag is definitely not even in this county. It's up in Redlands right now. So I'm like, this is bad. I am going to get reamed like, no, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, everyone wants to get taped. So I go back. Head was definitely hung low. And I was like, he's like, where is the tape bag? And I was like, it's in Redlands. And he was like, you're kidding. And I said, no, but I'm going to fix this. Because I, I like I knew like tape before a game, sure, but I mean you still need it during. 
And I said, I'm going to get it. And he said, how? And I said, don't worry about the how. I'm going to get it. I need your work keys because I wasn't sure people were going to be there. Um, and I'll be back. And he was like, okay, whatever. And he was mad. Like he just wanted me out of his face, I'm sure. So luckily the um, CMS athletic trainers were gracious enough to let us borrow a couple rolls of tape. And we did have some like emergency rolls in in another bag. Um, So we were able to limp along. So I jumped on my motorcycle and can't tell you how many laws I broke, but I (laughs) drove up the 10 speeding Hope you there's is there a statute of limitations for speeding? I really hope so. I think so. Um, <laughs> going very, very fast. I get to Redlands in record time. I'm pretty sure I broke a land speed record, but no one was there to verify it. I'm running into the office, and um Sarah, who's now my fiance, uh, actually was working there. Um, and she's like, What are you doing here? And I was like, Where's the tape bag? And she's like, What are you talking about? I was like, there's not really much time to explain. I forgot something. Nick's not happy. He's like, she's like, I thought you were supposed to be in Claremont. And I see the bag and I put it over my shoulder and as I'm running out the door, she's like, I thought you were supposed to be in Claremont. And I'm like, I yes, I am. I leave. This bag though is massive. Like duffel bag times two. I'm sure you guys have like anytime that you travel, you got these big and this thing, I'm on a motorcycle, it's like a sling, and this thing just keeps like like shifting, and I'm like constantly on my motorcycle trying to keep balance and it just keeps shifting me over. I get back in one piece, thankfully. <laughs> and I like run and the countdown to the start of the game was at like two minutes. And I'm like running, still have my motorcycle like jacket and helmet on. And like to get to the the actual field is really awkward because you have to run across this big field and there's no one in it, but you can see it. So I guarantee I look like a crazy person and like full on motorcycle gear, just running across this field with this big duffel bag on. I get there. I'm out of breath. I put the bag down and I like, I'm taking off my stuff and he's like, honestly, a little bit impressed (laughs) that you were able to pull that (laughs) off like round trip in 45 minutes. He's like, I didn't think that was going to be possible. He's like, still not happy, but I mean, it is what it is. So it was just one of those things where your story was like, oh boy, that was definitely a low light in my student, uh, you know, student career. I thought for sure I was going to get yelled at a lot, but it ended up working out in the end. So that was one of those fun stories. I think you made up for it by the, the trip to go get it. Yeah. The countless laws that I broke. Yeah. Ride or die, Randy. Ride or die. That's that's <laughs> that's what being an athletic training student is. It doesn't matter what laws are broken as long as you get your stuff done. As long as you make your preceptor happy. Yeah, yes. that's it. That's it. doesn't matter if you go into debt buying lunch for them every day just because you know they're a little mad at something that you did. You got to make up for it. So it is what it is. I think what really sums it up is anytime you're in your rotation or as an athletic training student, the whole moral of the story is as long as it gets done. That's what I've learned. As long as whatever task you messed up on eventually just gets done, it's fine. Even if you broke traffic laws to get there, it's fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't be promoting that. I didn't say do that. I'm just saying that tends to be the moral of the story in your rotations. I don't know. That's not that's not an overarching theme in mine. <laughs> I feel like an overarching theme in my rotations was... I thought actually they were all so different. I don't think there was a, there was a theme of athletic training. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> that is good. I mean, really, I uh, did you have a theme in yours? Yeah, as long as the job got done, I would oh. say that's most of them. You know what you do a lot when you're first freshly certified? Camps. How did you know that? Did you read ahead? I read ahead, but also that is kind of what you do. That's the first thing. That and per diem. I mean, you can do those when you're just trying to make an extra buck, but I feel like most of the time. Oh, you that's for the young ATs most <laughs> of the time. Well, also, because like, okay, after you have some experience, like you don't want to go sit out in the sun all day with like the kiddos. No. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that being a young, a fresh athletic trainer's game. So this story came to us, literally it happened the week after we did the Camp Stories episode. Okay. And this is kind of like what I wanted this episode to be, this whole mm-hmm. entire episode. I wanted it to be like Afterthoughts. Yes. Brought up by Maddie. Ooh. 
I like that. So this is kind of like, I mean, some of those things were this one was. So so this one's from Stephanie F. She said, I wish these stories were collected this week. I covered the last few hours of a basketball camp tonight and someone dislocated their knee. Yes, their knee. Super. Not their patella. Even better. So we have multiple sites I was covering and I wasn't able to witness it. But the coach said he jumped up for a shot and landed hyperextended. Ouch. I got there about five minutes after it happened. And thankfully, coach had called campus police before I got there to start the EMS chain. He was prone and honestly pretty relaxed. There was a large amount of swelling at the posterior. And I could tell there was some deformity. And I decided to wait to move him until EMS arrived. So in the meantime, I made sure to check his post-tib pulse periodically and ask about neurovascular symptoms. Once EMS arrived, I kept speaking with him to help him stay calm. They rolled him over with the help of some coaches and loaded him up for transport to the local hospital. I asked my coach to keep me updated and let me know how he is tomorrow, which that didn't happen, by oh. the way. Oh, dang. I'm now intrigued. I don't, I don't think that she got a, um, a follow-up. Dang. I wonder what happened. I know. That's what happens with camps. Yeah, but, that is. But... Um, wait, let me finish this. I think him being that calm kept me that way too. When I left, I replayed it in my head and I was like, how was I so chill that whole time? Yeah, that's true. Which seriously, I feel like that's, that's like, well, that's amazing. That's so great. Yeah, for sure. But here's, here's the, the, we had the bad news, but this is the good news. We have pictures. <laughs> that's the good news? Yeah. That is the good news. That is good news. I I appreciate that. And these pictures are going to go up in our episode thread on our Facebook group. So make sure you check the show notes for that. And I will also talk about it at the end if you don't know what that is. In our fine print. Nice. Dislocated knee. Could you imagine handling that as a first certified? Yeah, that's pretty. That's <laughs> There's nothing that says welcome to athletic training more than that. Not saying that Stephanie is a newly certified, but... Could you imagine that? If Yeah, if you were in that situation, yes. I think that was one of those things that when, before I was an athletic training student, I don't think I even, I mean, I don't think I gave it a second thought, but I don't think I could have ever imagined that a knee could dislocate until I saw the football player do it on in the NFL. Yes. That's just crazy. And the like, problems that could actually happen, like in the NFL one, I believe he actually did rupture his popliteal artery. Yeah, that was a that was a complicated one. Yeah, that's wild. Hey, but you see the importance of checking neurovascular, like she did. I know that's, that's pretty thing. good. That's what I love about these stories. Is I feel like they're well. First of all, it's cool to listen to them, but also I feel like you could totally learn from them. Absolutely, because. Like, what am I going to do the next time that I see a dislocated knee? And it just shows, like, because, like, she was asked, saying, like, how was I so chill? It's just your training comes in. What you've prepared for this and it just takes over. And what you heard other people do on our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Here's a gem from Jen. We couldn't do an episode. We With, couldn't do a miscellaneous celebration absolutely. episode without a gem from Jen. Absolutely. And we have two, actually. All right, I think you should take the first one. Okay, so Jen said, here's another story that I hinted at in the longest day story. Oh, here's another longest day. That's one. right. I was covering track nationals and it was exceedingly hot in early May in upstate New York. Fun fact, most of the schools that come to, how do I say this? NJCAA? Yeah. I feel like, um, you know when people say, you know how it's NATA, but people say NADA. Oh, uh, mm. oh boy. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I'm probably. I gonna, don't like that. NJCAA. Probably people are going to make fun of me from the East Coast over here. Um, track nationals are in the Northeast or Mid Atlantic, with a few in the Midwest. All places that have very cold weather in the spring, so acclimatization to heat is not a thing. Anyway, someone had scheduled the 10K for 2 o'clock. Oh, no. Bad idea. The temperature was slated to be in the 90s. Well, first of all, why would that... No. Like, I am not a runner, and I have just recently started working with cross-country over the past maybe year. Um, I know that's a no-no. Yeah, I've never seen the 10K run that early. That's wild. 
I got a move to 9 a.m., where the temperature was still in the low 80s, a solid 20 degrees warmer than any temp these runners had run in during the season. Oh, well, off they went. I'm watching them run around the track and start to notice one of the athletes is in trouble. His stride is starting to falter, so I take my golf cart and start to follow him around the track. He gets to the point where he looks like a marching band drum major and starts to keel over. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm even with him on the track, so I reach over, pull him into the golf cart, and off to the tent we go. I I feel like I, I need a video clip of that. I know. He definitely has heat exhaustion. His parents are there, and we're talking about transporting him to the ED, the emergency department. The kid is incoherent, sweating, can't stand up, all the things. I'm trying to talk to the kid, and I feel a tap on my shoulder. It's his coach. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I have a feeling I know where this is going. He asks what's going on, and I start to explain. I'm about two minutes into it, and he says, yeah, but what I really need to know is if he can do the 5K tomorrow. Yeah, oh, see, that's where I'm lost. Dude, I can't with these coaches, man. I've had, I had a kid have brain surgery. And the the coach asked, had just had to ask. So what's like his timetable to return? Dude, let's just make sure he's okay before we have a, the timetable to return to running. So Jen said... No, and turned her back before she said something to get her fired. Again, yeah, I agree. Seriously, none of the coaches from other schools were surprised he acted like that. Oh, that's bad if you have a reputation like that. that's the reputation. (laughs) I've had coaches like that. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. I don't work with those coaches anymore. No, no, that's so (laughs) stressful. That's so stressful. Actually, I gotta say, I I have a pretty good relationship with the with the coaches that I'm working with right now. That's good. I'd agree. I'd agree for me as well. And here's why I say that because, um, and this goes back to our mistakes episode. <laughs> um, I I did this after the mistakes episode, but it would have fit in perfectly. So I am in charge of at our college. I'm in charge of scheduling the nurses for our COVID tests. Oh, I because know this one. because we don't have nurses, we don't have a nursing program, and our health center is not really helping us out, and so we have to contract it out. So I'm usually pretty good about contacting them and telling them what time they need to show up, and you know all the details, how many we need, all that. Somehow, and I think it's because we were off on Friday because I normally like double check on Friday, and you know whatever. For the Monday, somehow I did not schedule nurses <laughs> and we had 200 athletes coming in to get COVID tested. Oh my goodness, that's a and lot. And I had no nurses. I remember that morning. And I didn't realize until I was driving to work Yep. that I didn't schedule the nurses. Yep, I remember that. And I thought for sure I was going to get reamed at work. But actually, very, very positively, surprisingly, I did not get yelled at by a single coach. Yeah, that was they pretty They cool. all understood. And I think part of the reason was because literally before they had the chance to yell at me, I said, hey, coach, I didn't schedule the nurses. You guys are going to have to come back tomorrow. It's it's on me. It's my fault. I just, it slipped my mind. There and you go accountability they were all so understanding one one of the coaches was like why are you fessing up to this yeah and i was like i like why would i not fess up to it and one of the one of my coworkers actually tried to give me the out she was like oh there was a miscommunication and i was like (laughs) it was me i was the miscommunication (laughs) but i was very surprised yeah i'm so used to getting reamed by those former coaches yes yep but no, that that was hey, it's all about account. Coaches always talk about accountability. You were being accountable. It's good for some things, right? Exactly. So we got another gem from Jen, and it's an audio story. Let me pull it up. All right, I'll tell you this one because it's one of my favorites. It's a night baseball game, which we almost never have, and we're up at bat. My first baseman, who is a pretty big guy, not known for his speed, 
he is on third base uh, waiting to come home and our coach signals the batter for a suicide squeeze well the pitch pitcher throws the ball and our batter pulls the bat back which you're not supposed to do in a suicide squeeze my first baseman is the runner already halfway down third base and decides that he has to go home so instead of having his batting gloves in his hands like he normally does so his hands are fists he is continuing to wear his batting gloves slides headfirst into home base and into the catcher he's laying there grabbing his hand rolling around the coach runs out to see what's going on calls me out and then leans over and whispers it's dislocated and I look at the coach and I look at the kid and I whisper to the coach whispering is not going to make it not true so I take the kid off I go and look sure enough his hand is dislocated his finger is dislocated his middle finger of of course because it's always the middle finger. But then I notice that underneath his glove, there is blood starting to seep out. Awesome. I have no idea what I have. Do I have a compound fracture? Is his finger completely evulsed from his hand? Is the glove the only thing holding his hand on, his finger on his body? All right, off to the emergency department we go. I pull out outside the emergency department, put my flashers on, get the kid in, get him registered, get him in a room. Um, and then they said, okay, well, we're going to take him for an x-ray. I said, okay, well, you're an x-ray. I'm going to move the car because I was, you know, in a loading zone or whatever. I said, I looked at the kid. I said, I'll be back 10 minutes. Okay. Go park the car. Come back. Kid's not in the room. He's coming back from x-ray. I'm walking around. Here comes the kid back from x-ray in a wheelchair. Hand is up, straight up, his fingers still dislocated, and he has the look on his face. And I said, what's the matter? Where the blank, blank, blank were you? I said, I went to move the car. I told you this. I said, what happened? The bleeping x-ray tech tried to take off my batting glove like it was a bleeping, bleeping mitten. Oh, dear. Yeah. In case you weren't familiar, batting gloves are very snug and should be cut off if they cannot be taken off properly. There's quite a bit of tugging that goes on, and you don't want to tug. Turns out the kid had a compound dislocation uh, of his middle finger of the first uh, phalanx, and just... You know, they popped it back in. They stitched him right up. Um, he did have some scar tissue, so we bonded over breaking up that scar tissue. Um, but uh, that is one of my all-time favorite stories. He is a great kid. He's now a baseball coach and an athletic director. Um, so he occasionally swings by our field, and uh, I've met both of his adorable little children. So that was a great story. What? Nice. Oh my goodness, that's that's bad. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm so glad. See, that's one of those things, one of those times that you're like, man, I, I really have a gut instinct that I can't put this back and I'm going to take it. I'm going to send it. Yeah. And it's so good that, I mean, sorry to the kid with that x-ray tech well my thing is i'm very surprised because most of the time like they're always ready to cut things they're always ready to cut some gear up and can uh, you can you not x-ray through it i mean you can i guess i wonder if the material on it was going to make it look iffy maybe because i wonder if there's like harder stuff on the because sometimes the batting gloves kind of have like plasticky stuff so i wonder if that was going to interfere mm. interesting i guess i didn't think about that yeah i also don't do baseball so also Not- i love the end where 
the bonding came from breaking scar tissue. That's where a lot of <laughs> bonds are made, for sure. And full circle. This story was totally full circle. Oh, 100%. That's awesome that, you know, she still gets to see him. That's pretty cool. I hope to do that one day. Yeah. My, my athletes are not old enough to have, have a couple of kids. Actually, I I do have a couple of athletes with a couple of kids. But they, they for, from have... the time that they've I've known them to the time that... I I know them now. Yeah. No, they. <laughs> I hope they don't have a couple of kids. That'd be a lot of kids in the span of a couple of years. Yes, for sure. So we got another baseball story. So this one's by Kai K. Did not expect this my first year certified for this to happen. Unfortunately, the baseball team had morning practice that I was unaware. Of course, that's such how it goes. I received an email from the coach that EMS was activated earlier in the day. Isn't that the the greatest? Oh, it makes that you're already irritated because you didn't know there was practice. And now this happens. Kai continues with the coach and I later on had a discussion to let me know if there was morning practices. So a discussion that you don't want to have in the first place. Absolutely. So anyway, the catchers were practicing for pop flies using the pitching machine. The catcher had his face mask off and completely missed the ball, so it hit him in the orbit. From what the coaches and other players told me later on, it sounded sort of like a ball hitting concrete. Ouch. That's not something you're going to forget. No. Everyone had apparently rushed over to him, and when he went to go look at coach, he had blood in his eyes. Oh, great. Oh, I'm sure everyone loved seeing that. We live in a small town, so he was rushed to the local hospital. But then it turned out he then had to be rushed an hour and a half away. Okay, I have to give props to you guys who live so far away from major like EMS. ER. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. I get annoyed when our EMS gets locked behind a gate that was supposed to be unlocked per our EAP. Okay, that and is they take twenty minutes. But that is frustrating because that was preventable for sure. At a at a venue. That they had just called EMS the day before and they didn't go through that. Oh, yeah. 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 Really annoying. Kai continues with, I saw the athlete a week later to talk to him about what happened. Turns out he did have a hyphema and fractured his zygomatic, which needed a plastic plate put in. I honestly didn't think that he would be able to play for the rest of the season, but turns out he was able to finish off the final four games. That's nice. nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I feel that, like that's I, a happy ending right there. I feel like I'd rather play the last four games in a season than the first four. What about you? Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Towards the end of the season, I feel like it means a little bit more than starting and then not being able to finish. You know what's kind of funny is, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but I I assume that it is for in the performing arts realm, but I always tell people, do not go to the first show. If there are multiple shows, don't go to the first one. Go to the second one or the last one because, um, the f- yes, you have a dress rehearsal. Yes, you have a tech rehearsal. But the first show is essentially that in front of an audience and so you work Mm. out all your kinks and then the later shows are the ones you want to go to when you actually feel more comfortable nice i mean that was true with my nutcracker yeah you you can tell you were not having a good time the first show so i was um actually randy got to see this one. i did i was pretty this is his first time seeing me dance on stage which i I don't do anymore i was the loudest one in the stands no you weren't (laughs) that's not what you do in ballet (laughs) um so i had the pleasure of being our sugar plum for my um my previous studio and i so i started out on stage and they had they had a fog machine going but they had a problem with the fog machine of course. where it let water out all over the stage on the corner. And I went and, of course, I'm using the, the whole entire stage. And so I go into this corner and my point shoes get all wet. But you know what point shoes are made of? It's cardboard, not wood. Right? It's not wood. Isn't that like cardboard and yeah, paper? It's and... like paper and like, like thick paper and satin and stuff. Yeah. And so they got really soggy. 
which meant that I couldn't stand on them. Yeah. Which was really, well, first of all, it was really embarrassing. But also, it was just frustrating because I was like, I'm just trying to dance here. And yeah. technically, I'm I'm very lucky that I didn't get injured from yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And in the middle of the two shows, I had to go take my point shoes. And I went to the bathroom that had a dryer, like the, yeah. the, the hand dryer. Uh-huh. And I stuck them under the dryer until they dried. And then the second show was great. But that's, yeah, that's a reason really why you should go to, to the, the second, second show. show. Which, again, they did spill water on the stage. But I knew it was going to be there. So yep. I didn't go there. It was so awkward in the video. You could see them toweling it up. Like like putting a towel on the stage. Like how awkward. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. You were probably just watching me. I probably was. Again, loudest one in the stands. So I don't really have a good transition to go over to our physician stories, but we have two physician stories. Okay. I mean, I'm interested for this one. Um, Actually, I think you're really going to like these. Okay. I'm ready. So this first one is not as much about the physician. I think the, the last story, I think, is going to be your favorite story ever. Okay. So I'll let you read that. Actually, I'll let you read this one because I'll, I'll read the other one. Okay. So this one's by Jesse C. I diagnosed a collapsed lung that a physician missed. I missed a non-displaced Jones fracture. So it's kind of like back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a trade-off. Trade-off. I feel like this is a compliment sandwich. Oh, I can or see Or like that. good news, bad news. How it's starting, news. I can see that. The lung was during a football game. Athlete was in during a longer run play, involved as a blocker down the field. In the video replay, it was a glancing type of blow causing the athlete to twist as he was hit. Reported to the sidelines out of breath. But long play, so typical. But he couldn't catch his breath. Sent to orthodox on sidelines. Not typical ortho as ours was on vacation that week. Didn't find anything outstanding. Athlete was doing okay, so he went back in, but again was out of breath in one play. Pulled for the rest of the game. Less than a quarter left. Rechecked in clinic after game. Athlete didn't look great. Felt weird, but couldn't really say what was wrong. Ortho continued to say he was fine, but I didn't feel good about the situation. Told the athlete to take a shower and report back to me. Athlete walked in after a shower with his shirt off. Again, athlete didn't look good. But now with his shirt off, his upper chest and into his shoulder looked swollen. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. We had 30 to 60 minutes left of cleanup. I told the athlete to get a ride to the ER, and I would be along in an hour to take him home after getting checked out. I walked in just after he got back from the x-ray. Physician walked in a few minutes later saying he had a collapsed lung, but it didn't require surgery. I felt so relieved. If I would have sent the athlete home, he probably would have been fine, but he would have been very uncomfortable and wouldn't have known why. I'm very glad I didn't listen to the ortho that night and went with my gut and sent the athlete to get checked out. So then I asked him what the treatment was because, I mean, I know someone who had a collapsed lung and they said that it kind of felt, I mean, it was a spontaneous. Yes. Um, I mean, technically it was while she was running, I think, but it was spontaneous because of her height, I think. Um, and... um. She was actually admitted to the hospital. Oh, man. So I asked them what the treatment was. Oh, also, also, this is good to know. She said um, it felt like someone was sitting on her chest. I think that's what she was saying. Interesting. The treatment was just no activity. Because the area collapsed was small enough and not increasing in size, no surgery was required. It took several weeks to get to the point of being able to exercise and maybe six to eight weeks to get back to playing. That's a long time. And you know that kid is probably super frustrated the entire well, time. Well, six to eight weeks, that's a, that's the same as a good muscle strain. <laughs> yes. And a bone injury. Yes. Can you tell that I am now teaching <laughs> prevention and care <laughs> yes, about that again? <laughs> exactly. All right. So the Jones fracture. Here's the trade-off. Jones fracture presented in a weird way. Athlete had been wearing Vans. Poor foot support. When walking around for a weekend and had a sore foot, the fifth metatarsal area. Nothing presented to me that needed an extra look. This was a week before the start of football practice in August. 
first football practice, athlete is running on grass in cleats and cuts, feeling a pop in his foot. Sent for an x-ray, and there, there is a fracture. Surgery a couple days later, and he was playing four weeks later. I think his foot was fractured, but not displaced before the first practice, and I missed it. The cut that he made was not something that would cause a fracture. It just goes to show that you need to do your best in every situation. I did my best in the collapsed lung case, but not in the fracture. Learn from every experience, especially if it hurts to do so. I don't know. I would say that he did his best in the fracture. I would agree, yeah. Like, I don't think he was, like... I, I really don't feel like he just blew the kid off. I'm like, oh, you're fine. Like, it, it's... Uh, that mechanism wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I think it's fractured. Yeah, dude walking around for the weekend yeah, in I, vans. Yeah, no, I don't... You know how many athletes do that? Even if that kid went to, like, the doctor... More than like, they would say rest. Yeah, they. I don't think like I don't think they like they may just do an X ray just because you know that's usually what you do when you have an orthopedic problem, anyways. But like I don't think they would think like, oh yeah, I'm worried about fracture. We need to look at this. Yeah, but I mean, I I we definitely we talked about this after, and we both agree that it was probably a stress fracture. Yeah, could, but not yeah, yeah. from the weekend. Yeah, but the weekend didn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. It is a perfect storm. All right. So this is the one I'm going to love? Yeah, this is the one you're going to love. All right. So this is from our good old friend, Kevin. He said, I heard your latest podcast, and I thought of a time that I was right and a doc was wrong, and it earned me a $150 bottle of Ooh, scotch. Oh, man. I hope that scotch was good. Yeah, I knew you would like this I, I hope that scotch was good. It gets better because I think it's actually one that you... I don't remember if you tried it or if you... I don't know. Oh, I'm not going to ruin it. Had a men's lacrosse athlete get checked on the back and was getting shoulder pain. We iced it and did passive range of motion for a few days, but nothing improved. Went to see our ortho and I told him that I suspected a scapular spine fracture. Doc said, no way a lacrosse stick could do that. It's usually from a car wreck. And I said, want a better bottle on it? Doc, who played lacrosse at Johns Hopkins, said, abso lutely <laughs> Kid goes for an x-ray. Film comes out. Doc puts it in the light box, and sure enough, there's a crack in the scapular spine. I just look at Doc and smile. Oh, man. Could you imagine having a relationship with your doctor? I was just thinking, I was like, man, I want to have a relationship with my doc like that. Next home game, he walks in and places a brown paper bag on my desk and tells me to never speak of it again and walks out (laughs) to the field. (laughs) That Johnny Walker blue never tasted better. Oh, that sounds amazing. Is that the one that you tried in New Orleans or? Oh, no, I'm not. We're, we did not try a $150 bottle. Well, no, there was. Which one did you I try? I think it was the, uh, uh, I think it was black. I think it was the black label. You want to tell the story? Oh, yeah, man. So we were at, uh, this is when NATA was in uh, New Orleans. And I think it was the first night we got there. You know, we went out with everybody, you know, and we were at this one bar. We were at, this is Bourbon Street. Yeah, we were on Bourbon Street. First time on Bourbon Street. It was pretty cool. And uh, um, I felt like this was my time. I I've never really had any of the Johnny Walkers, and I said I want to try this. So I went up to the bar, and I, you know I asked for I believe it was Black Label, pretty sure. And the guy was pouring it, and he said, "Hey, like, how is this?" And I said, oh, "I have no idea. I'm trying it my first time." But he was also in like he had he never... was not the bartender. He, like he, he was, was literally new. yeah because like the bar we went to like the people we were with we kind of like rented out the bar like we had yeah, it for reserve yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for us and um so he was just helping the bartender so he wasn't like a, a normal bartender he was just kind of helping out and he he was like so how is this and i said oh, i have no idea i you know this i wanted to try this i'm so i'm going for it he looks at me he's like pours a little bit more he said happy trying man i'm like thanks man but also didn't he not know what some of the words you said were like he didn't know what neat oh because yeah and- i think because i yeah, like some of the lingo he didn't know. And I said, oh, like, like that's fine. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not great with the lingo either. So I said, oh, like, like no ice. And he said, oh, okay. Yeah, so then he gave you probably a... He gave me a little... I think I got basically like a pour and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a good dude. My he, buddy, took care, he took care of you. Yeah, my, and I took care of him. I made sure he had a nice tip. I really want a relationship with my doctor like that now. <laughs> right, right. To be able to jokingly bet alcohol. 
I thought this on would diagnoses. Be, I feel like this would be a good one to end on. That was, I that think was that's a good. A good yeah, I think that I was knew a good you one. were gonna love that. story. I love that story. All Kevin, right. you're great, man. That's 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 amazing. Okay, so now time for the fine print. All right, here we go. If you're new, we do every other episode as education or stories. This one was a story episode, although I hope you learned something from it. I learned a lot. Um, if you wanted to know about what we were talking about earlier, our Facebook group, we do have an interactive Facebook group that's for all of our listeners or just athletic trainers in general. I guess you don't have to listen to us. No one's holding this up to your ear. That's true. Um, you can join. It's free. Go to facebook.com slash group slash AT Corner podcast. Or if you go to Facebook and just search in the bar, AT Corner community, it's a group and you just hit join and then you answer a question. Where did you hear about our podcast? And then it will automatically put you in. We put up episode threads where that's where the pictures from uh, the knee dislocation are going to be. We put up questions of the week. You guys can ask questions of the group if you need help with something or if you just want to tell a story, you can put, tell your stories in there. Absolutely. Um, it's just a fun place. Now, not that Facebook is not, I don't know, Facebook's not been that fun lately. But, but our, gr- our community is. But our community That's all is. that matters. If you don't go on Facebook, you should go on Facebook because of our community. That, and I think that's the only reason. That's it. That's that, it. That's yep. the only reason. Yep. We just put up a post about dogs. Who doesn't If you love, love dogs? dogs. Some people don't love dogs. That's true. That's true. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> What's some other fine print? Uh, We're yes. going to start CEUs this week. Yes. This month. Yeah. September's going to start this week. So that's when they're going to be live, ready to go. Um, once we have that official announcement that they're ready, we'll make sure we get the word out. Uh, next education episode is going to be the elbow. We're going to be talking about UCL injuries. Oh, nice. Yes, we didn't. We don't have a lot of upper extremity stuff, so I was like, "Hey, let's uh, let's get another one in there." Cool. You got anything else to add, Randy? Nope, that was perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape.